Welcome to the X Factor Files podcast. I'm Daryl. I'm Philip. We're back. We are. It's been a rough few weeks. Well, okay. You describe the reason why we took off a little time is we went on vacation. Oh, that's true. Yeah. We were gone because we had to prepare for it, then get back and then recover. Yeah. Who knew a sleep without a week without good sleep would be so debilitating? I know. It was that part was rough. Our rough seas. Yes, but also you said that it's been rough. Yeah. Yes. And indeed it has been, but we are back. And a bright spot has been the buns. Asa is napping underneath the coffee table now. Yeah, they missed us while we were away. It's true. I thought Nick would have forgotten all about us. Yes. Uh, treats do a great job of reminding the buns who we are. Yes, this will starter especially when you're the dad that gives them the most treats yes they're always after you yes i'm like i will just give you nice head pets and they're uninterested yeah that's not why we came up to you oh no thank you uh asta is getting used to a ceramic tile yeah it's something you can put down for bunnies to lay on in warm weather and even though the ac is on it's also very still in this living room right now yes because your house has good insulation yeah your house just got some insulation no that you're it's a that. learning process working with contractors adulting adulting is hard yeah and uh, i mean my nine to five job i work with that sort of stuff every single day so i'm used to what questions to ask like they're second nature at this point and i was so fixated on how good the this type of insulation was on the farm in Iowa. Like it made such a big difference. And mm-hmm. I just don't want to bake in the summer and don't want to freeze in the winter in my own bedroom. Yeah, that's so fair. I was just so hopeful. But there were things from the initial conversation that never got done mm-hmm. that I was expecting to, um, <laughs> including a part that may bring it up to code if it's an issue with yeah. the city. So I get to find that out on Monday. Yeah. We're not really worried about that though. And the the literal um, heavy lifting is mostly done. Yes. The basement is bun bun ready. The living room is mostly cleared out. It's just um, my grandparents' luggage. Yeah. Which good for my grandma for using her free tickets from working uh, for the railroad to go travel. For real. Yeah. Just like how I think flight attendants can do that and things like that, uh, where they can grab an extra seat, like the old jump seat. That folds down. I've had a crew do that before on my flights. That's cool. Yeah. Where they're like, well, I'll just sit on this little fold down seat right next to the door for two hours. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been a thing. I'm on summer hours now, which is a transition to get being at work at 7 a.m. Yeah. You work an extra hour four days a week, but then you get like most of Friday off. That's true. Which was great because then we could get the house back together somewhat and then have a normal supper and have today back at your place yeah and you were out in the garden before it got as hot as it is now mid-afternoon it was already disgusting in the morning yeah i got out there shortly after you left at like 11 yeah it was 70 something and within like two shovels of dirt i was drenched in sweat yeah and i was being dive bombed by flies yep but now we now have a Fairly lengthy bit of fence to grow beans on. 
It's like a bonus crop, basically. Yeah, right? because eighteen beds aren't enough. <laughs> they're beautiful beans, though. The good mother stollards. Are they for drying again? Yes. Okay. So it's a dry bean whole habit, so they can just grow up the fence and dry out there. And dry, and like we don't actually have to do anything to them. Yeah. Um, just pick, collect the vines at the end of the season and smush them up. Yeah. And then if you do that in a pillowcase, all the beans fall to the bottom. All the viney bits yep. can be blown off and rise to the top. So it's a fairly easy separation. Probably easier than what I did this spring with that, with opening each pod individually. Yeah, that's what I do. But you want to try it, this method from the 1800s. Yes. We're going to let you. We're going to let you try it. Report back. I mean, you fill your your pillowcase with the vines, and you just sort of like wildly swing it around and smack it against the ground, and mm. that that busts open the pods. Yeah, report back to this podcast. Yes, on those efforts, please. Um, what's happened in comic world? There was a delay for the Marvel things oh, because there was some sort of trucking accident. Yeah, we still don't have those comics. Yeah, so which is fine. Like there are some things where we're like, I, I don't know what happened, and that was the same week that we were. We did, we got back. Yeah, so we're a few weeks of regular comics behind. I'm almost up to date, except for that missing week. Oh, there you read Deadpool. I did not read Deadpool. Oh, but then that's Captain Britain. That's the one Krakoa book. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm months behind in Star Trek. Oh, yeah. M literal months. But it's really hard because uh, this is the last episode of our current season. Which doesn't mean anything because, like, the next season will start next week. So, <laughs> I mean, what is a season of anything anymore? Like, a season of TV used to be September to May. Yeah, it used to be 20-some episodes. And, and now it's, like, 10. Yeah, and those seasons can happen anytime. Um, Strange New Worlds, its new season starts in mid June. I am so excited for the Lower Decks Strange New Worlds crossover. Yeah, I mean, with... Jack Quaid is a snack. <laughs> it's fun to see him in purple hair. Yeah, and um, Tawny Newsom. Mm -hmm. I'm excited to see God. What Tawny she... is just so good. She brings the Mariner in like a real life, yeah. Setting. Lower Decks is just great because of some of the animation things that you can do. Yeah, it's a great... Like when they're under the influence of something and their eyes get really big. It's a great introductory point for Trek. But it's also really good for seasoned fans who will get so many of the sight gags and things like that in the background. Yes. Um, yeah, I guess some of the running gags, like just that very bulky hunky dude in a towel every time we get a view of their lower deck yes living quarters you should uh, maybe get some fan art of that oh we can find an artist we got um fan, we got commission things from daryl young that was exciting yeah you commissioned iceman i did he did not have an iceman in his whole collection and he focuses a lot on like 60s 70s and 80s yeah, so and not necessarily the more well-known ones. Yeah, like he loves a good B and C list character. Like I already, which have... I do. I that's yes. my bread and butter. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> with my we're looking at the five prints on my living room wall from Daryl Young, and it is um, four or five of them are 
are definitely at least B-list. We have Jack of Hearts, Hercules, Wonder Man, and Black Knight. The only A-lister that you can make an argument for is Gambit. Yeah. But I feel like Gambit, Colossus, and Nightcrawler, and now Iceman, are the only X-Men. I don't think he has Cyclops or Jean Grey or... He has Phoenix. Oh. He does have Phoenix. Interesting. So at some point I may commission him for like a Quasar. Uh, but they're fun. They are. So I just need to get a frame for mine and get more of those handy dandy. The 3M Velcros. Yeah. Concrete walls in the basement family room. Concrete. Yeah. But nice and cool in the summer. Yeah. Yes. Um, oh, the Star Trek annual was, I was going to say, um, was fun. Does it? So is this like a Marvel annual, which you'll get so much exposure to annuals in the coming months as we have our season three, since season one was when we did our unsuccessful TV show podcast. (laughs) Wheel of Time coming back September 1st, everyone. But we won't be doing a podcast about it. Maybe we can do little snippets. We we can provide updates for those of you who are interested, much like fun updates. I did I did like that show. Yeah, it was a fun show. But um, no one listened to it. And then we subjected ourselves to Book of Boba Fett. And then we're like, you know, I don't think this is sustainable or fun. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Boba Fett. So, what, um, so the Star Annual. So does it relate to, like, does it go from the previous issue into this annual in that you have to read it? Or is it an annual where fun, tangential things happen? It's a fun, tangential. It's a bottle of equivalent of a bottle okay. episode of track where it's a diversion um and it's fun it's fun i don't know how else to describe it like the art bits mm-hmm. there are a few times where it sort of takes you out of its normal style okay like there's a one of the officers is like she's hot and has like a little not a stick figure, but like that level mm. of a person with like the exclamation points and the heart eyes. And like it was, I snickered out loud several times. That's fun. And so it, maybe I can read that without catching up on the months of backlog. <laughs> as long as, oh, yes. Because you know that Orf's not with them anymore. No. Spoiler. Okay. Sorry. Um, so you've been, uh, you also read a Star Trek novel on vacation. I did, in Zadi. By Peter David. Yes. Peter David, obviously. Um, and we will talk about the new season in a couple minutes, but we're not dropping X Factor. No. We, we're coming back for our fourth season to actually finish X Factor and then whatever else we want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever is fun. Yeah. Uh, but the common thread, dear listener, will be Bun Bun updates. Yes. There's always something new. Yeah, we yesterday was Asta's first adoption anniversary. Yeah. Since I uh, since I saw that post in the Facebook group and went and rescued her. Yeah, since you were the only one that gave helpful comments. So, yeah. dear listener, when someone poses a question, pay attention to the question, not just the subject area. Yeah, it was and, just that. Like, these two women um, rescued Asta. But made it clear, we rescued this bunny, we do not have the capacity to care for it. We know that it is a domestic bunny, which is why we saved it, but someone help. 
And everyone's like, well, you need to do X, Y, Z and like get a pen. And I'm like, they just said that they, they, they already have like cats and a parent at home that they're taking. Like they made it abundantly clear. They're not keeping this rabbit. Yeah. And so you, you got the carrier over lunch. I made a vet appointment and it was like the only one available until july yeah it was weird it's like we can do 4 15 today or like july 9th yes <laughs> and it's like well yeah we'll take it now and there was road construction yeah but the timing worked out you left work picked up asta yeah made it on the bridge that in the direction that it was still open yeah um since construction and made it on time and all she had was fleas yeah and was just very thin yes and despite misaging her, yeah. um, she's she's now recovered and yeah, she's great. She's our heaviest bun, and she tripled her weight in the past year. Although I did bring her for a little vet checkup two weeks ago, and she has lost 0.2 pounds because we were feeding her too many pellets. Because girl loves a treat, so um, very food motivated. She has chins now, and we are so proud. Yes. Um, our new season coming out hopefully next week um, is covering every single annual from Marvel Comics in 1993. It's the 30th anniversary. Do you remember what you were doing in 1993? I was in elementary school. Yes. And um, oh, 93. Obsessed with Jurassic Park. It was third grade, right? Sure. Obsessed Jurassic Park. That's what I was doing. Oh. I seem ever feel tip about grasshoppers and learning how to do long division, maybe, or multiplication. Oh, I didn't pay attention in math class. Oh. I was too busy, like, reading way ahead of my level. Oh. You're talking about the kid who read Gone with the Wind in fifth grade, so. Oh. Yeah. I think at that point, I stopped getting in trouble for being left behind at the library. Oh. And then, like... The librarian would be like, your class is gone. So oh. I can back upstairs. Oh, as you do. As you do. Um, so we are, we have guests for like every single episode. You're so famous. Not famous. I just reached out to mostly our friends. And <laughs> I'm like, can you do like one to two to three episodes with us? It'll be fun. I'm excited. Yeah, we're all over the place. Like, obviously, there are X titles. There's an X Factor title written by Peter David in the mix. Awesome. And um, I still have to nail down a couple of the guest spots and schedule a few more things. But this will take us through to, like, December. That's fun. Yes. So we are going to have tons of varied content. Like, I just read one of the issues that we're recording about next week, which is Darkhawk. Um, because listener, a peek behind the curtain, we're recording with a guest for multiple episodes at one time. So it's not like, um, uh, Mr. Scott Free is coming in three separate times. We're recording it all in one bang and I'm separating them out and releasing them maybe even different months. Oh, um, but I just read Darkhawk and I've never read Darkhawk before. I had no idea what Darkhawk was. Oh, I someone recognized him as the pin I chose out of that box. Yeah. Um, the comic book connection. Um, Minnesota Comic Exchange. Exchange. Yes. Um, which is a great local organization. They have a fun Facebook group. That's where 
um, I keep up to date on sort of what sales are going on and oh, everything. That's right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they were great. They came to a thing for the uncanny experience that we went to at a local brewery. Mm-hmm. And then just a big thing of pins. And it's like, have a pin. Up? I'm like, this dude sort of looks like Black Knight, but not quite. It's dark. Enough. It's dark hawk. Yeah. Who does stuff? We'll get into it. Like, obviously, everyone can tune in. But I encourage everyone to listen along and learn something new along with us. Um, Their origin stories, which is fun. Some of that. That is the gimmick. There is a brand new character introduced into the Marvel Universe in every single one of these annuals. Yeah. Every single one. And we're going to rate them. We're going to rate the new characters on a scale TBD. Um, maybe it's like standings each week, and then like wow. the new we have to figure out where the new person goes. Yeah. And if like after digesting an issue for a while, maybe the standings will change. Maybe I like that idea. Ooh, except it might not work if you release things out of order, or in oh, yeah. order than what we recorded. Here, let's start. We'll do a recap. Uh, I would edit this out of the podcast, but I. You're lucky if I add the music every week. I mean, <laughs> I mean, dear listener, if you have ideas, let us know. Yes, <laughs> and let us know quick, uh, like within a couple of days of this episode releasing. Um, but um, oh, and we also are coordinating a very special Barbie episode. I teased yeah. it on our Instagram. I mean, I've done zero things for that one. I I am very excited, so I did everything for it. Um, it- an artist and a writer. Yeah, we're having like some special guests connected to Barbie comics. Like, it's pretty cool. I'm excited. We also have some of our friends popping on for that one. Right. It's like a half dozen people in a podcast episode about Barbie comics. It's going to be great. So much chaos. Yeah. Pink chaos. Yes. Pink neon. Or electric orange. Or electric orange. Oh, I love that cover. Yes. I reached out to the artist. I'm like, I love that cover. I don't think she has it. No. She's like, ah. Um, anyway. So we talk about Star Trek comics. Um, this is an episode where we are bringing you our review of the, the brand new video game, Star Trek Resurgence. Yes. So for folks, there are a couple of Star Trek titles happening at once. In terms of comics. In terms of comics. So there's Mirror War. They had some alien spotlights that were fun. Like one shots. Yeah. Um, one shot above Ferengi, um, the Trill. I didn't really make it to the Klingons. It's still on the bedside table for you, by the way. I, with shirtless bear. Bear, bear, bear fighter. Yes. Bear hunter. Who's, yeah. Shirtless bear fighter. He has a big dong. Oh, yeah, he does. It's, it's sensory. Oh, it's, it's pixelated, but you can tell it's big. Um, Star Trek titles. Yes. I'm like Ezra Dax. I don't have the patience for the Klingons. Mm. Um, so adjectiveless Star Trek is great. There's a little bit of all the series in it. Who writes that? Give uh, me that annual. So oh, I'm leafing through. You you go ahead and keep pumping it. Oh, sir. Um from Enterprise, there is the great, 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 great granddaughter of Ensign Sato. Um, who's an Andorian, by the way? So fun. Um, Captain Cisco and Jake are there from DS9. We got Tom Paris from Voyager. 
we got Scotty from the original series because he was talking a pattern buffer for he, uh, several decades. One of the, my favorite episodes of the next generation growing up was the Scotty episode because I was like a TOS kid. Oh, even yeah. though I definitely it's that parent effect, which we could get into oh. where like things your parents enjoyed growing up like they're liable to show you and expose you to oh like, like me and abba and that was like it for music from that era or the moody blues your parents were full grown then well they listened to in college and liked it and then we yeah. found those records and played them got it although we did not listen to captain and Tennille. love did not keep them together i told you all about that <laughs> saga last weekend um muskrat love they sang it in front of queen elizabeth at the White House, they chose Muskrat Love to sing. What a choice. Yeah. Um, an excellent choice, though, was getting Beverly Crusher from TNG. Yes. And there was War for a Hot Minute. He's going to his own spin-off now in Star Trek Defiant. He is. And you know, you, I got you a nice signed copy of Defiant number one. And <laughs> two days prior, you're like, I don't think I like Defiant. And it was like in the mail to me. And I was like, oh... But it's still going. It has Roe, which is fun, and Bolana. So there's some fun moments with Tom and her. Um, and the, Spock and Lore. The writer is Colin Kelly, which I he wrote the annual. I think he's on the title anyway. Okay. I seem to recall because Ryan North did the Lower Decks one. Oh, the Lower Decks comics were good. They were, but it was three issues. It was. They're still good. Yeah. Oh, so long story short, or long story long. There's a lot of good Trek content. Yes. And one of them, I think it ended when Defiance started. So let's say they keep the same number at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like if there's three Trek comics. Carrying, yes. Yeah. But as soon as one ends, another picks up. So Star Trek Resurgence was a precursor. It was, it brought in some fan service, a little bit of nostalgia. Leah Brahms was in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they have an adventure. And the ship gets rocked. I'm not saying anything else. Like, it's very clear in what we're about to talk about. Yeah. Like, it starts with the ship getting repaired. It's a big event. Yes. Um, So, the video game opens with that ship. And the video game is, I'm sort of expecting, like, a um, not quite open world, but, like, first person shooter type thing where you can escalate the difficulty or decrease it if needed. Mm-hmm. You'd have a little bit more control over your character. But like, the mechanic here is very different. It is. So the background of Star Trek Resurgence is that Telltale Games, I believe they folded. Oh. Um, regardless if they did or not, a bunch of former Telltale folks developed Star Trek Resurgence. So if anyone's played a Telltale game before, I played a couple of them. There was a Guardians of the Galaxy one and a Game of Thrones one. And it's a similar mechanic. Those? Yes. Where you are making choices for your character. Like, you tell them how to... You dictate their response in a conversation. Yes. And so you develop relationships with people and the pause screen, which your mid-game menu whatever his fancy term it, it gives you the update on where your relationship is based on the choices and gives you an explanation of why it's yeah. like this person doesn't know how to deal with you because you were wishy-washy in uh, what you wanted to eat for lunch except it's star trek and the the decisions are a little bit more consequential but i 
I mean, I might have made someone resign their commission. You definitely did after, like, they sort of screwing them over. They were very um, supportive of my character. I was going to say they were very damaged by some decisions that you made. Also that. <laughs> um, and I might have relied on that goodwill for too much. And now she's gone. She really is. Um, so we're not going to spoil a lot of the characters in this. No, but they they do grow. Like, I thought there would be five. Because there were five blank five, slots. Five blank slots, and it says your crew. Yes. But it's most everyone that you've interacted with. And so it's neat. This person, you know, this description we're looking at right now, it says they're annoyed by you. So, like, yes. the, these, these non-playable characters can be a little petty. Yeah. Um, this person accepted my sensitivity. Appreciated. Uh, oh, appreciate. Yes. They also accepted it, but they definitely appreciated it. So uh, I was on the same page as you in terms of my expectation. And Star Trek Resurgence was delayed. This was supposed to come out last year, I believe. And then they pushed it to be... Uh, like this spring and then they pushed it later in the spring and finally released it um they haven't released a patch for it yet that i've seen so they're actively gathering feedback and um just to be upfront with people we got an advanced copy of this yeah to review so i started tinkering with it ahead of its release date and i think you did too a little bit you got into the beginning of the story oh yeah and then the week the the week happened but um and now i think i think i'm in the final act okay like things are coming to a head but you've put in how many hours of gameplay have you put in heading into this current chapter you're in six seven i'd say around eight yeah like it's lengthier it's far lengthier than i was anticipating once i got used to the style like yeah the story keeps advancing and you keep making your decisions, but you don't really have a choice of, like, I want to do something different. It's not like Skyrim where you can delay your main mission mm -hmm. by doing side quests. The most that you can delay is, like, someone's waiting for you at the other end of the room, and you stop to clean something. Yes. And help someone out. Like, And before we learn how to, like, jog along, wow, they walk slow. They, they, they creep like an ice cube melting. And... Starships have a lot of corridors, um, but then you can run, you can crouch, um, and the tasks are, it's not like fighting with the different diff difficulties. Mm -hmm. There's some phasering that you do, but you only ever get the same amount of health because your Starfleet and using your phaser is generally not your first recourse. Mm -hmm. Um one of the tasks you have to avoid something and i did not do a great job of it mm. i had to restart i failed like five or six times in a row before i got it it does like bop you back to right before the thing happens that you screw up though yes which is nice. nice like there's no it's not like skyrim where you forget to save and all of a sudden you lost like an hour and a half of playtime. yeah another game that i'm playing right now does that where like it crapped out on me. It crashed. And then I restarted and I'm like, I'm all the way back here again. Okay. Yeah. 
that's unfortunate. That's so frustrating. So uh, that game is a constant save game, like Skyrim. You always save. You come out of a oh, cave, yeah. you save it. Oh, Mass Effect, the original, when you're on a planet, as soon as you accomplish something, you need to save. See, no one wants to be eaten by a thresher mob and then have to redo the same probe. You, Mickey, everyone is like Mickey, my best friend. Um, shout out to Mickey Collins, who will be on this podcast for our upcoming season because I forced him to. <laughs> um, everyone's like, play Mass Effect. And then it's always like, oh, by the way, the first one, yeah, there's like a lot of driving. And oh, you should save all the time. Like, but you nothing, made it to a planet. nothing about this is convincing me to go to a planet. What if I need to drive and save a lot? You don't have to run around. It's like a collection quest or four. Um, you can go to your objectives. Yeah, well, I'll get there. I'm in the middle of Star Trek Resurgence right now. Yes. So, um, you, And you toggle uh, between two characters. Yes, a lower decks and a command crew, yeah. which is a good perspective, I feel. Um, it's been... You see how your choices either affect other characters or the ship um, in both places. Mm. So the more formal politicking, and then also some of the more informal relationships and getting stuff done. I impressed Ambassador Spock, which I don't know how they got the voice unless they just AI'd it together. This game was in development for a while. I feel that they might have had him record. You think they did that with everyone? like what they did with Michelle Barrett so that they could have the computer voice. Oh, you mean do that for everyone? Let's define what that means. Do that for like the prominent Trek actors. So in the TV shows, they can reuse their voices after they die. Yes. I don't think so. They did that with Michelle because she was the computer voice. Oh. And it's just very surprising that they have chosen to use someone else for the more recent tracks. Especially when she probably went through the dictionary and recorded every single word. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... The art is good. At first I was like, it doesn't look that great, but then I was thinking about it, and all the faces have so many articulation points. They do pretty great job of getting facial expressions in there and so i feel like if all the effort and being able to make that happen is so i imagine super complicated yeah like i i'm forgiving some funky hair textures yeah and it's interesting to see just the video game industry right now we're looking forward to the next whatchamacallit bethesda game oh yeah the The one elder scrolls is now that we're past 10 years since the last one yeah, and they're like, well, that one is coming in a few years. What is it called? Not the Elder Scrolls, the space one that they're doing? Starfield. Starfield. Um, that one was delayed just like Resurgence was. Because Starfield was supposed to come out last fall. Oh. And then they pushed it to this spring. And now it is in the fall again. I hope Hades 2 doesn't get delayed like that. Yeah. I wonder if they set the dates and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, wait, we need to fix so much more. Yeah. Which is unfortunate yeah and they haven't released a patch for resurgence yet when they do i hope the number one thing they fix for me the thing that bugs me the most and that i'm most critical of is the audio and it stutters like the 
that weird tone that yeah tonics have more and then it goes into it, the actual words yes captain it does that in the conversations and i'm not sure if it's it obviously it's an audio thing i don't know if it's them trying to separate the channels for stereo and it just didn't work out the way they thought it would or what but i mean i submitted a ticket just to tell them because they have a feedback form and if it's one of those things that it wouldn't necessarily take a whole new rewrite to fix like it would be super helpful and it hasn't prevented you from advancing the story though no there was maybe one time i think i missed a chunk of audio where there was picture but no no sound and then at least one conversation seems like the first line or two Mm -hmm. got cut it just was a like drop you in it was an abrupt start yeah but it's good the score is really good the music is very chuck yes in a fun way and it sort of relays like the sort of like sort of optimism to it mm-hmm. which is works well with your lower decks character yeah and it does a really good job the musical cues going along with your choices as oh, well yeah. like if you made a decision that's like really dramatic it literally cues dramatic music whereas if you made something that was more fun or flowery it would have matched that tone yes. as well there were one of I think one of the moments this morning I had the thought like, oh, this is very much the original series style mm. high pressure situation music. Like you know that music. Yeah. It just accompanies these scenes and these feelings, and they did a really great job with that. Um the story is pretty engrossing. Like it's not necessarily that different from other stories. Like I feel like it's a, a bit of a recycled storyline maybe i would say a standard star trek storyline it's alien contact something funky happening but the a mystery there's always a mystery in a star trek episode the mechanics of the bad people um are familiar to me from other contexts yep. and other books which is fine um the everything still moves along swiftly i'm invested in my characters and even some of the non-playables mm-hmm. i'm invested in I felt real terrible after a few decisions. Oh, yeah. Um, so, and not the one that left Starfleet, <laughs> someone else. And I think some of the decisions, like, there's not a way to go through this where you feel Good. warm and fuzzy yeah. the whole time, which is very track and very real life, right? Sometimes like, it's nice that there's nuance in it, in the experience. Yeah. That, yeah. Sometimes you make a hard decision and the consequences are not great. And sometimes it doesn't matter which you chose. Someone is going, their little picture is going to be turned red. Mm-hmm. So it's more of like how you handle it afterwards. Mm-hmm. And how you get to know each one. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I've been enjoying it. It's good for when I wake up super early before you do. It's true. Um. Yeah, I. Uh, you get some stuff just like Telltale Games. You get um, little things to do with your hands as well, and um, it's not a terrible lot where you're like crank the right stick to screw this thing in. Um, 
Then press the right trigger to put your hand onto a panel. Like, okay. Um, it happens in Telltale games as well, where, like, oh. the Game of Thrones were like, you have to duck real quick. Oh. Because it's Game of Thrones, and they're probably trying to chop your head off or something. Yeah, there's a lot of that, where there's a sort of a countdown to do things. Even if you only have one option, yep. you still get that countdown. Which I'm not really sure of the point of, like, things get a bit monochrome when you're, when the time runs out, and it's just sort of awkward. Mm-hmm. But I think the awkwardness is the only consequence of taking too long to actually make a decision. That's not bad. No. It, sometimes in previous games with the same mechanics, I would feel pressure. Like, oh, I'm really going to screw something up if I don't do something within the time. Yeah. Which I feel that pressure just to keep the conversation natural and flowing. Mm-hmm. And um, I haven't failed one of the ones, one of the duck situations. Oh. And the puzzles are pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like this. A transport, when you transport people, like you need to pick points where you don't scramble them. Yeah. And I was very confused by transporter part two. Oh. But then once you figure out what you should be looking at, it's much easier. Got it. And I think only once we were in a place where it got dark and it was hard to do what you needed to do. Mm. Um, like I couldn't find the third thing I needed to scan. But the lighting, as opposed to like so many TV shows now, like is things are well lit, which I appreciate. Yeah. They obviously took the time to do really good art direction for the game. Like when you're playing this game, it feels star trek it like yes. like it feels like a starfleet ship and you everything's familiar like if you look at a panel and you have to do something on it it you're like okay like this jives with what it's the right shape yep. it's the right sounds the color scheme yep even from uh, i guess that would have been set in tng mm-hmm. when you first had those panels those oranges and blues the Elkars panels yeah yeah um that i'm glad they haven't updated that to be different Mm -hmm. but it's that same aesthetically pleasing nostalgic i'm working a pad yeah or i have a tricorder and wow this is actually what a tricorder looks like it's not just a prop (laughs) it's so functional it is like it gives you your little scan and you focus on parts of the picture and you have to hold the trigger down and there's different modes within it as Mm -hmm. well and it gives you some cues, so yeah. you can't miss what you're supposed to do, which A, I appreciate, especially for the first time going through a game. Yeah. Uh, but it also takes this sort of ubiquitous track technology, mm-hmm. makes it more functional, makes it necessary for your, you to do the task, and it gives it depth. Yeah. It's a lived-in world. And if you're a truck fan, you've lived in it for quite a while. Oh, who hasn't imagined themselves on a starship? Right. And you get to go on away missions, like you're on planets. Or other ships. Yeah. And it's, there was one line I really appreciated, just like, I can't read this panel, but it's clearly Star Trek lingo, like Mm -hmm. the plasma inductor manifold. Right. That all warp engines need to function. Yep. So it was a fun little 
um, thing that you've heard before. Like they've used that line going on to Klingon ships and Romulan ships. Yeah. So would you have bought this game if we didn't get a free advanced on it? I mean, I sort of want my own copy. Okay. Fair enough. And it's, it'll, they must have it for the fancy consoles, right? It's out right now. So um, you can get it on Xbox. Uh, we run the Xbox One. It is on PS4 and PS5. I think the PS5 is backwards compatible to PS4. So it's like not to that level of the Series X or PS5 in terms of like graphics and stuff. Like it's a backwards compatible game. So um, you can get it for the newest generation consoles. Um, I'm curious since we will inevitably get the new xbox one for other games it's so annoying because i think that starfield game requires it but i wonder if that would change anything about like this game with that is the audio issue only on xbox one yeah we don't know but we know it's on the xbox one which i think is still a pretty big chunk if the audience is probably experiencing this yeah yeah i think i would give this game a B plus. Okay. And the only reason, like the audio is a big it's, thing. Yeah. And one of the characters sort of, I glitched through a wall, through a door. You it, did. It and then one of them was doing the Michael Jackson smooth criminal dance at you. She was sat like a 30 degree angle to oh. the floor. Yeah, that's, that's smooth criminal, off. like lean down forward. But then she fixed herself. Just like Michael Jackson did. <laughs> he fixed himself. Quite a few ways. Yeah, those are the two things that are keeping me from giving it an A. Okay. The music is good. The aesthetics are good. Um, the face articulation mm-hmm. is the animations. Great. Yes. Yep. You get so many expressions um, fairly smoothly um, for these characters. The storyline is good and engaging. And engaging. And sort of, it does force some interesting decisions onto you. Like, I've vacillated. I'm like, what's the right answer for the situation? And uh, I don't know if there actually is one. And the character development? Yeah. um, The alien, like, you get invested in the aliens, um, even beyond your crew. And what they're going through. And I did sort of want this Vulcan's approval, and I finally got it. Oh, look at you. So, such a people pleaser. Yeah. Yeah. No, it just means fuck. So, uh, for Trek fans out there, pick it up, find it. I would recommend it. Yeah. You recommend it? Yeah. I think it's fun, and it's a different way to engage with a franchise that a lot of us really love. Yeah. And they're is some replayability like what if you choose things differently earlier what if you didn't totally screw over that person who quit starfleet well then you'd have three options in one scene instead of two but even that (laughs) two was really really hard yeah so yeah yeah it's good go get your copy people so um we'll be back with our new season there's some new artwork that's Mm. in the hopper from a um, a people, person that people probably know and have seen their art before. So. Oh, that'll be a big reveal. That'll be a big reveal. 
I even plan, I even like have investigate, like, can I make fabric with this? Oh, and I can. Oh, my. Yeah, it can be part of the new Marvel quilt uh, that I'm planning. Um, yeah. All right. We will be coming back to X Factor, we promise. We, yes, we're not dropping it. Not like we dropped, we didn't even drop Book of Boba Fett. Boba Fett was through all Bo- 10 episodes. Boba Fett's terrible. Like, X Factor is stupendous. We are absolutely coming back to it. We're just taking a little break to do something different because why not? Yeah. And there are some good plot lines coming up in Brass and X. Yeah. So we'll be getting back to that when we don't have to garden like crazy. It's true. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll catch you all next time. Thanks for tuning in. Bye.